Welcome to Houseplant Homebody. I'm your host, Holly, and I am here to tell you all about my favorite thing, plants. You ready? Thank you for tuning in to our second episode released on May 26, 2020. We will be talking about the worldwide phenomenon, succulents. If you want to see more from Houseplant Homebody, you can find me at Houseplant Homebody on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and YouTube. Or visit my website where you can find all of those links at www.houseplant-homebody.com. Also, join me on Patreon for exclusive podcasts and YouTube episodes, early access to podcasts, and exclusive content. So let's get into it. As I said earlier, we are talking about succulents today. And there are a crazy amount of varieties with amazing colors, textures, and shapes. In fact, there are Facebook and Instagram accounts that are dedicated to these spectacular plants. And there are several companies that sell just succulents online. I love looking at all of them. They always brighten my day. This is definitely one of the harder topics for me to cover because there are so many varieties out there. And there are over 50 different families that are considered to have succulents in them. So in this episode, I'm not going to talk about too many specific varieties and details. I think I would like to go into that a little bit later on for like mini plant bios or just other plant bios. But I'll talk to you in general about what succulents are, what that means, where they come from, and all of that great information. So when I first started doing research on succulents... I always thought succulents were in the cactus family or the cacti family. Turns out it's the other way around. Cacti are actually one of the largest succulent families. That was mind-blowing to me. For a succulent to be considered a cacti, they have to have something called aerolos, which are small, round, button-looking areas where the needles, thorns, and spines extrude from. If they don't have those, It's considered a succulent, not a cacti. So there are several varieties of so-called cacti that have spines, but since they don't have those aerolos, they're actually not cacti. They're just a succulent. Crazy, right? So I wanted to give you a list of succulents that maybe you've seen while shopping or you own them. Maybe there's some that you actually didn't know were considered succulents like me. I always thought cactus was in its separate group, but I was wrong. So here's a list of some that you may have that are actually succulents. Aloe is a succulent, Hoya, Agave, Sansevieria, which I actually talked about in my last episode. And if I would have known they were a succulent, I probably would have done them in a later episode. Echeveria, Hawarthia, Jade, Burrow's Tail, String of Pearls, Lithopes, Crown of Thorns, Hens and chicks, prickly pear, Christmas cactus, and even ponytail palm. I know it says palm, but it's actually considered a succulent. And we'll go over that palm later on. Those are beautiful, by the way. (laughs) I guarantee you heard at least one of those plants and you were like, oh, didn't know that. I definitely did that. (laughs) So where these plants originate from are in several different places around the world. They're from Africa. I've seen some succulents are from the European Alps and obviously Central and South America. So since we're talking about origins, let's move on to talking about succulents as a landscape plant. So how they survive in your yard versus in your house. 
So as a landscape plant, you can grow several different varieties in several different places, including here. So I'm going to explain the USDA's plant hardiness first. That way, that will help explain what I'm talking about a little bit later. So the USDA provides an annual extreme average minimum temperature, which can help guide customers to pick the plants that thrive in their particular environment. So for example, Wisconsin's hardiness zones are classified as 3B to 5B. In the Midwest in general, is classified 3A to 7B. So the lower the number, the lower the temperature that the plant can survive in. So locally in southeast Wisconsin where I live, there are a few different types of succulents that can survive in our hardiness zone. So for example, their names are going to be hens and chicks, stonecrop, sedum. Those are the kind of general names you're going to be asking for when you go to a garden center or nursery. And usually they'll, all, they'll have them all in about the same spot. That way you know where they are, usually in the sun. <laughs> so most of the plants that are, as I listed earlier, are around zone four to nine. Some can go as low as three, some are only at five. So make sure you watch out for that depending on where you are in Wisconsin. And a couple of varieties that are common, just to show you kind of the size they can get and what they provide. Autumn Joy Sedum is one that's very common. It's an upright grower that gets about two feet tall and wide. And it has a pink bloom on top in fall that almost looks like cauliflower. <laughs> and the bees love it. Hens and Chicks is the other one I mentioned earlier. It's just an overarching name for them. But those can stay about six inches at most tall and they can spread right around 18 inches. So not very big. So they can be considered kind of a ground cover in a way. So you have those major heights and spread differences just like you'd be able to grow them, you know, out in California. So isn't that cool? Love it. In warmer climates, a lot more different varieties of succulents can thrive there, but still we have a good amount of varieties that will work here too. So just go to your local nursery and ask for the sedum, stonecrop, hens, and chicks, and someone should know what you're talking about and they can direct you to the right place. So around here, you wanna put them preferably in full sun, to part sun. They'll be fine in part sun, but full sun is where they thrive the most and they'll bloom the best. In warmer climates, it's a slightly different story. So around here, the hot sun doesn't affect them as it would in the warmer climates like California, those kinds of places. So in the warmer climates, you want to keep them in sunlight, but no more than five hours two to three hours of direct sunlight is best for them. If they're in more than five hours, the tips of them will actually start burning and it's better to have morning to early afternoon sun than it is afternoon sun because that can harm the succulents. For watering, when getting established, sometimes they need a little bit of help, but after that, it would just be the occasional supplemental watering, if that, very rarely. These plants can be divided and rooted very, very easily. They can be moved around and they can thrive through just about anything. It's not necessary that you fertilize these. Over-fertilization can actually make these plants leggy. So if you want a fuller plant with like more foliage, you can use fish emulsion or a very diluted liquid fertilizer at about a quarter strength. I also found multiple places online said to use manure tea 
which is basically creating a diluted fertilizer with the water that the tea bags are in. Now let's talk about what most of you are here for, the houseplant care. So in general, succulents do bloom. I forgot to mention that in the landscape plant. So out west or in the warmer conditions, they're a lot easier to bloom in those areas. But around here, the houseplant side of things, it's a little harder for them to get a bloom on them. The conditions have to be just right. And sometimes houseplants in the Midwest or around here are a little dry. But changing the plant's environment could help them push out the blooms. Keep in mind, some young succulents do not bloom. So if you want it to bloom, make sure it's either already blooming, so that way you know in the future you can get it to that point, or make sure you know the exact variety you're buying and you've done your research to see if it does bloom. You can adjust the light temperature or the watering that you're giving it to potentially produce the flowers. And this is important when it goes into its dormancy, usually around winter time in our climate, to conserve its energy for the next growth season or while it's blooming. So now let's dive into the sun requirements of succulents as a houseplant. Most of your succulents, the very, very common succulents that have the soft leaves that look like they're swelling with water, those like to be in the brightest light possible. Now, when you get into the particulars, there are some succulents that don't need as much sunlight, but most of them like to be in as bright of a window as possible. Most of them like at least four hours of strong sunlight, if not more. There are some succulents that need to be out of the direct sunlight, so make sure you're checking your species requirements. For example, the ponytail palm, which is actually considered a succulent, doesn't need as much sunlight as, for example, an echeveria would need. Now, when I'm talking about the sun requirements, I'm talking about more of my region, southeast Wisconsin, Midwest in general, where in the winter especially, the days are a lot shorter and the sun isn't direct or as direct as it normally would be in the summer. But for somewhere like California, you might not want to put some of them in direct sunlight because, again, it could cause burning, like we talked about earlier, as a landscape plant. So just keep that in mind. Keep your environment in mind. And we'll go into species details in later episodes in the mini plant bios and other plant bios for sure. So now let's skip our way into the water requirements. <laughs> Fun fact, the reason I said skip was because I listened to another podcast called Swish and Flick, totally unrelated to plants, it's about Harry Potter, that always says, let's dive into the details, and then they started getting sick of saying dive, so they started using new words, and it just reminded me of that. <laughs> so if you like Harry Potter, I highly recommend the podcast, but anyway, let's get back to water requirements. <laughs> so most succulents do not like to be overwatered by any means, so most of the time... They would rather be ignored than babied a lot. So for these, they can tolerate very, very dry indoor conditions. But there are some species, like, for example, Christmas cactus or Hyworthia, that are from more wet, humid climates that need slightly more water, and they'll kind of tell you when they need it too. They would also benefit from an occasional misting as well. So 
There are specific varieties that may vary, so make sure you do your exact research, but feel free to reach out to me if you have questions and you kind of want to know, okay, I have this plant, what do I do with it? Is this one of those that needs the humid climate to help me? I'm here, so just let me know. But for most of the species, it is healthier for them to be underwatered than overwatered. And they'll start to tell you their leaves will start to shrivel up when they need water. But overwatering can kill them. Underwatering, unless you go probably months without watering them, they will not be underwatered. But they'll die being overwatered because the roots will rot. And that's just sad. I am one of those people who did that. And now I try to forget about them. And so far it's working. I haven't killed one in a very long time. <laughs> so now let's talk about another very important thing that succulents need, soil and fertilizer. So succulents need soil that drains very well and very fast. Otherwise, they can get root rot if it sits in too much water. You can use a regular potting mix and you can add your own sand, grit, or perlite. Sand you can get probably in bags at any garden center, even some garden centers sell in bulk. So it's actually a little bit cheaper that way. Perlite looks like small white rocks that are super lightweight and grit is just a type of stone similar to sand. In order to create your own potting mix, you use two parts of the potting mix soil and one part of your sand, grit, or perlite, whatever you want to use. But obviously, a lot of garden centers, nurseries, greenhouses sell cactus soil or potting mix specifically for your plant. So you can buy that too. You can also add rocks or pebbles in the bottom of your pots for extra drainage. So you could obviously do that even if it has a drainage hole in the bottom, but it's well advised to do that if you do not have a hole in the bottom of your pot for drainage. Moral of the story for your soil, just make sure you have enough drainage so that way they're not sitting in water when you do water them. Okay, so there are a few options for fertilizing your succulents as houseplants, and I'll give you a list of a few that I found and where I found them. One I found in a book called Practical Cactus and Succulent Book by Fran Bailey and Zia Alloway. That says to apply half-strength cactus fertilizer once a year in spring, and that would be all they need. Succulents in general, as I said earlier, don't need a ton of fertilizer, but the extra fertilizer in the beginning of spring could really help them boost right when they start their growth season and potentially when they start pushing out the blooms. Another fertilizer option was feeding monthly from spring to fall with the houseplant fertilizer at half strength. This was on Plantarina's website. Plantarina sells houseplants and provides a little bit of care online. And Plantarina has a YouTube channel and an Instagram that I follow. Lots of good information. I also found that same thing in the Complete Houseplant Survival Manual by Barbara Pleasant. So again, feeding monthly from spring through fall during that full growth season of houseplant fertilizer at half strength. Online, as I was doing research, it talked about how you want to do a high phosphorus fertilizer at half strength as well and make sure that the nitrogen is low. You can also use a slow release fertilizer just in spring because you don't need to do that multiple times a year since it's slow release. Plantarina also suggested this and that's actually what I do as well. I get my fertilizer at any garden center. My favorite is Espoma organic fertilizers, but there are plenty of brands. Bonide has specific houseplant care items, miracle Grow, Schultz, Fox Farm, or Scott's. If you like organic products, Espoma organic fertilizers and Fox Farm are great products. 
So kind of a recap for the fertilizer, there's obviously a few options. I personally do the slow release fertilizer in spring simply because it's one of the easiest things to do. If you're not comfortable using the slow release fertilizer, then just use the cactus fertilizer at half strength once a year in spring and it does the exact same thing. It's a very low dose of fertilizer, just like the slow releases. The slow release just allows the fertilizer to get into the soil throughout the whole season. Okay, so now let's talk about potential problems that succulents might have, whether it's pests or diseases or whatnot. I'll cover a few of them and potential solutions for you. Succulents are not usually prone to getting pests as often as some other houseplants, but doesn't mean it doesn't happen. So, common one that I've gotten on my plants is mealybugs. I've also... I've also gotten aphids on my plants before, and spider mites can happen, but I've never actually had those on my succulents. For mealybugs, there's a couple options that I have used previously. A common one that people use is they use a Q-tip and rubbing alcohol, and they remove the mealybugs individually. So mealybugs look like little white fuzzy patches sitting on your plant. They'll form on new leaves mostly, and they'll form kind of in the nooks and crannies of your plant, unfortunately. Hard to get to, but you can get them, and they are treatable. I've had mealybugs on a monstera before, which is not a succulent, it's another houseplant, and I have been mealybug free for like months now because I've been checking it every couple weeks and making sure that I get them off. Another option is there is insecticidal soap and other solutions from really any garden center that you can find. The brand that I like to use is Bonide. They have a few good ones. They have insecticidal soap. They also have something called Eight, which is just a spray that you can use. It's not safe for inside, but you can use that if you have some houseplants on your patio or something. They also carry a systemic houseplant insect control, which is basically a powder that you put at the base of the plant and it will water in when you water your plant and it will help the actual plant fight off any pests or diseases that might happen. Keep in mind, the product eight and systemic houseplant insect control is not organic. So if you have any pets or anything that like to mess with your plants, that could harm them. So keep that in mind. For aphids being a problem, I've never really had them on my succulents personally, but I have seen them on the garden center's plants before. Aphids form in the perfect environment, and most of the time it's when it's hot and humid. In the greenhouses, it's always a problem because it is so hot and airflow isn't very good. So most of the time on my plants in my home, I haven't had a ton of issues with aphids, mostly had problems with mealybugs. But what I did for aphids, I actually... I take that back. I did once have aphids on a plant called Duranta. It's a, it's a tree form of this purple flowering house plant. It's beautiful. But anyway, I had aphids on it and I used eight, which is also a bonide product. And that isn't organic or anything. So I put it out on my deck and I just sprayed the crap out of it every week. And eventually over time, they disappeared. On top of spraying with eight, I also hosed it down the day after I sprayed it because the bugs don't like cold water or being cold at all and kind of like freezes them. So I did that as well. In regards to spider mites, which could be another potential problem that you might have on your succulents, you can do a few different things. You can give the plant a shower, <laughs> basically to dislodge the spiders and the webs and misting your plant consistently can prevent them also. Spider mites do not like humidity at all and misting your plant increases humidity. Most of the pesticides 
don't work with the spider mites, unfortunately. So I've had cases where I've seen them on some elephant ear plants or alocasia is the Latin name. And the whole leaf is a web, basically. That means that the spider mites already laid their eggs in the soil, hatched, and made their webs up in the leaves, which also means that they're not done producing. So spider mites are very, very hard to get rid of. And if you start to see small webs on your plants in the beginning, I would either stick it in your shower and let it rain on it if you have a draining pot. Or if it's warm enough outside, stick it outside, hose it down, and then you can mist it. You can also use eight again, like I said with the aphids, but you don't need to. Another option you could use is combining liquid soap, vegetable oil, and warm water. That is a DIY way of how to get rid of them. So you could also do that. There's also benefits to cleaning your plants every once in a while as well. So making sure the leaves are nice and clean, no dust, no grime or anything like that. That can prevent the diseases and the pests and it optimizes your plant's function. So also since the spider mites live in the soil, if you want to try to save the plant, you could repot your plant. Keep in mind, some plants are sensitive to when they are repotted, so just keep that in mind. But you can repot the plant and remove as much soil as you possibly can and use new soil that isn't infested with spider mites. So, so that is some solutions for your spider mites. But keep in mind, spider mites aren't that common with succulents. I've seen more mealybugs and even a little bit more aphids with succulents than I have seen spider mites, which is good because spider mites are a lot harder to get rid of. I've had a ponytail palm with mealybugs. I've had a jade with mealybugs before. The jade, I was able to get rid of them, and the ponytail palm, I was not very good about getting rid of them. I didn't take care of it as I should have, but because the ponytail palm has so many little nooks and crannies, the mealybugs were just popping out of there everywhere. So I really, really should have taken better care of that plant. I ended up having to get rid of it because it was just too infested. So, but there are ways to prevent them. I just didn't do a good job of it at the time. <laughs> and I actually didn't fully know what I was supposed to do because that was really early on in my houseplant collecting, I should say. <laughs> okay, so hopefully that helped you and I'll give you a brief overview of everything now. So the few things we talked about that are common pest problems are mealybugs, spider mites, and aphids. Mealybugs, you can get rid of with some rubbing alcohol and just taking them off by hand and monitoring on a weekly basis. Aphids, you can use products like eight, like I talked about. It's a bonide product. It's just a pesticide. You can also use insecticidal soap. You can also use liquid soap to try to clean your plant as well. You can also hose them down. They don't like the cold water. That one will take a little bit of time to get rid of the aphids and the spider mites aren't as common, so they're not going to be as much of a problem for you, at least from my experience. They're a lot harder to get rid of once you have them too, so if you're missing your plant consistently, that can already prevent them from even happening. If you do have them, you can hose down the plant, try to dislodge as many of the webs and the spiders as you can. Otherwise, you can use a combination of liquid soap, vegetable oil, and warm water to spritz or spray on there to get rid of them. So that's a brief overview of the three different pest problems that may be happening on your succulents. But if you have more questions, feel free to reach out to me. I'd be happy to try to help you with any problems that you have. So now we're going to go into a topic that's a little more happy and fun and very popular right now, and that is propagation. Propagation. 
Propagating succulents is pretty straightforward. There's a couple ways of doing it and we'll go over those now. I'm also going to talk about how to propagate cacti, which is slightly different than succulents. And since they are part of the succulent world, we're going to talk about that too. The first way to propagate succulents is by basically topping the parent plant or taking that top part that looks like the best part of the succulent and cutting that off and creating a new succulent out of that. The second way to propagate a succulent would be to use the succulent you have and actually pull off the leaves and you can create a new succulent from those leaves. So you want to make sure when you pull off a leaf from the stem of a succulent, you're getting a good cutting, which basically means you're pulling that whole leaf off all the way down to the stem. Even if you pull off some of the stem, that's okay. But if the leaf breaks before the place where it meets the stem, then it's not a good cutting. It's a lot of stem talk. Hopefully that makes sense. <laughs> okay. So once you pull that off, you want it to dry just like the other one for between one to three days, depending on how hot and dry your area is and let it callous over. Then what you'll do is place it on top of soil. You'll wanna keep the first layer of soil and the leaves moist so that way the new succulent can form at the base of the leaves. Make sure you don't put the leaves in the soil or bury them in the soil or anything like that because that could cause the leaves to rot. I found a lot of this information on Botanical Bright's website and her Instagram page. She is an artist that also sells pins, but she also does a lot of cuttings of succulents and she experiments with growing them herself. She's out in California. And another website that I've gone to to look at was Succulents and Sunshine. They do sell their own succulents, but they also have a lot of good guides to taking care of them. Some places even sell succulents and succulent cuttings or leaves, so you can try to start your own. A couple places that do that are the Succulent Source, which I found on Succulents and Sunshine. There's another place called Succulent Market, Mountain Crest Gardens, and even Etsy has a lot of accounts that sell succulents and cuttings. Remember that when you're trying to produce new succulents with the leaves, it could take time. It could be because of the variety you're trying to propagate. It could be the humidity or even the temperature. So just have patience with your succulents and eventually you will see a little baby coming off of the bottom of that leaf. <laughs> So that's how you propagate succulents. And now we're gonna talk about cactus a little bit. I've never done this myself, but I have seen it done at the garden center I was at. And it seems fairly simple. And it probably depends on the variety that you're looking at as well, but this is an overarching how you can propagate cactus in general. So I would research your specific variety just in case it's anything different, but this is how I learned and I will teach you. The best time to root cactus are when it's entering the growth stages. Late spring, early summer, those times are the best time to propagate them. You want to make sure the soil you're using is not just potting mix. You can use a regular cactus soil or you can use a half peat moss and sand soil or even a soilless seed starting mix. Those all work for propagating cactus. You want to make sure you have a clean, sharp knife and what you want to do is cut off the part of the cactus that you want to propagate. So make sure it's a clean cut and allow the cut end to dry and callus over anywhere from those one to three days, again, just like the succulents. Place the cacti in the soil that we talked about earlier, whether it's the half peat moss, half sand, or the soilless seed starting mix, or even the cactus soil. Water it lightly every three days or so, 
to keep the soil lightly moist. The roots will start to form depending on the variety in about a month, but wait another few weeks to a month before you repot it in its permanent pot. And that is how you propagate succulents and cacti, but they're also considered succulent. Still mind-blowing to me. Okay, so I have some few last facts that I want to go over with you that they just didn't fit in the previous categories, so let's jump into that. Okay, so I have four additional facts for you. Number one, not all succulents are pet friendly. So make sure you're doing your research when you go to buy a succulent. So the pet safe plants are Echeveria, Hardy Sedum, Haworthia, Hens and Chicks, and the Tender Sedum. That's just to name a few. The plants that are not pet safe are Aloe, Euphorbia, Jade, Kalanchoe, String of Pearls, Cactus, and there's more. So just make sure you're doing your research ahead of time. If you have a question, feel free to reach out to me. But that's a good list to start you out. Echeveria and the tender sedum are a big category and they are the very common typical succulents you see when people are collecting them or have them in their house. So those are pet friendly. Number two, most succulents are not dependent on high humidity levels. So there isn't a ton of extra care you need to add to the humidity into their environment. And again, like the pet friendly one, make sure you're checking your variety. So there are other succulents such as the Christmas cactus that comes from a humid environment or even the Hyworthia that comes from a humid environment that does need a little bit of humidity added to its environment. But your regular tender sedum, your echeverias don't necessarily need that humidity and it's not necessary that you missed them. Your third fact, which is actually more of a tip and trick than it is a fact, is how to plant a cactus without getting poked a ton. So I have mastered this, my friends, and not even because I still get poked by the cactus all the time. The worst is when you get a cactus that has the very, very, very tiny needles and they get stuck in your finger and you have to find them all. It's the worst. I recommend using tape to get them out. (laughs) I've also got them stuck on a sweater before. Oh my god, that was bad too. Anyway, all right. So you can use tweezers and there's actually some places that sell specific plant or like terrarium tweezers that you can buy. I know Breezy Hill Nursery, the garden center I worked at in Wisconsin, sold them. Um, We got them from a company called Syndicate. You can also just wear very thick gloves. Keep in mind, those gloves don't necessarily stop the thorns, but they stop the pain for a second. (laughs) So just be careful while planting. The the best way to plant cactus is probably using tweezers and just being very careful. The fourth tip I have for you involves cleaning off your succulents without damaging. So you're probably wondering, okay, I planted this amazing succulent. It got a little messy and there's a ton of dirt all over the succulent, but how do I get the soil off without damaging it? Well, a couple different ways. One, I found this one on the internet. Someone suggested If you have one of your reusable straws at home, you could blow through the straw so you can pinpoint exactly where you want to get the soil off of the succulent. So that's one option. The second option is actually using a brush. So the same pack that those plant tweezers come in at the garden center I worked at also contained a little plant brush. You can just brush the soil right off. Or you can even just use a paintbrush. It does the same thing. But that way, it will get in all the nooks and crannies of your succulent and it won't break off any of the leaves. It won't be damaging. All right, that's the information on succulents I have for you. And we're just going to do a brief recap so we can refresh all of our minds because that was a lot of info. Number one, 
Cacti are a form of succulents. Still mind-blowing to me. There are so many different shapes, colors, and even hardiness zones of where they can survive. Make sure you're not overwatering these plants. It's always better to ignore them than to overwater them. Make sure you have a very well-draining soil for succulents. And it's probably preferred that you use a pot that does drain to allow that moisture to escape as soon as possible. You can fertilize succulents, but you don't need to. If you do decide to fertilize, you can use a half-strength houseplant or cactus fertilizer or a diluted liquid fertilizer. Common pests such as mealybugs, aphids, or spider mites can be prevented and removed with just a little bit of care. Propagation is definitely doable with patience and don't forget to let the leaves or the succulent that you cut off callus over before you set it on soil or put it in soil. And lastly, remember not all succulents are pet friendly, so do your research on their variety before you bring it home. Thank you for listening to episode number two of Houseplant Homebody, all about succulents. In the future, there will be more episodes dissecting succulents even further. If you have any specific variety you want to hear about, let me know. And this is just a reminder that you can find more at Houseplant Homebody on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and YouTube. Or visit my website where you can find all of those links at www.houseplant-homebody.com. And don't forget to join me on Patreon for exclusive podcasts and YouTube episodes, early access to podcasts, and exclusive content. Your support means the world, and I can't wait to bring you guys more and more plant bios and info. Don't forget to check back every Tuesday for new podcasts and YouTube episodes. From one houseplant homebody to another, see you next time.